And welcome back to episode 63 of the Mad Axman podcast as we lurch into the third proper lockdown in the UK. The full gang of seven are yet again assembled for our normal mix of chat and nonsense and of course Andy's quiz. This week Adam talks about teaching his kids how to properly game. We talk about some tiny little ships. Tamsin gives us some good news. She'll be back painting soon. There's a long and slightly dubious discussion about flocking videos. Be careful how you listen to that and be even more careful how you google it. Tiny tanks tiny boats get discussed as well we talk about buying yet more lounge nets and um, we also of course talk about painting horses sit back enjoy the podcast this means war this means war well hello and welcome to our third third this is our third third lockdown isn't it am i writing that one um, yes, yes it's, it's a repeat it's a repeat of lockdown two and lockdown one and the third episode as well so there's obviously some sort of synchronicity and we're recording this on the first but with new of rubbish february, with new rubbish um or much the same and we're recording this on the first of february so we're into is it is this no this one can't be a leap year because it's 21 um nope. it's it's only even years isn't it so so we're cracking along and, and i'm looking across the top of the the screen window diving straight into our regular thing and there looks like there's quite a lot of painting activity almost going on as we speak which is which is quite remarkable um andy you've just you just waved something sort of small and brown um at me which um <laughs> it might just be the angle that your camera's set at or something but um what what, what is that disturbing that that's very disturbing, um, isn't it? Yeah. What what yeah. is it that you're waving you know, at in frightening close up into um into the camera there? It's one of a large number of ten millimeter skeleton cavalry for the undead army. So you've because I can occasionally remember things, and I'm remembering that um <laughs> we, it's remarkable that and, and sometimes put them into effect. And I'm remembering that um was that Tamsin, was that some of your advice on painting yes. undead people with brown undercoat? Yeah, indeed. It, I don't normally make a habit of uh, listening to instructions from ladies and following them, but in Tamsin's case, it's well worth doing. Right. Okay. So, have you been? Uh, is it? Did you manage to get out and do spray undercoat, or is it paint on undercoat? No, no, it's paint on. Paint on. That's what I do. And was there any um, off podcast discussion about what particular color of paint, light brown, dark brown, to use for skeletons? Well, I've, um, I, I think Tamsin said dark brown. I've just gone for the kind of darkest brown ones i've got in my paint collection and doing mm. that and, and are you still at the undercoating stage or have you actually seen this come to well actually probably a different question maybe a more general question did you do a test one you know i, I guess once we're talking about advice from tamsin you can pretty much trust it's going to work really can't you but um but did you do a test one or did you just go sod it i'm doing them all in one go with this brand new painting technique and um and if it doesn't work it doesn't work because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm looking at a load of figures that I've got here and um, trying to reverse engineer what my thought process was on it. Did, what did you do? Did you try it or did you just go all in? No, no, no. I've, I've just, I've just thoughtlessly started undercoating. Oh, right. You just thoughtless. So literally we caught you in the very act of starting to undercoat. Yes. You don't even know if this is going to work yet. This Indeed. I've no reason to think it won't, but. Um, it's yeah. just living on the edge. So, <laughs> so you've been saving up your um, painting for the week until this very moment just to start this undercoating or is there anything else that's got finished during the course of um during the course of the last seven days no i've, I've finished the uh Lanschneck army so that was um five commanders and their uh horses and i kind of blinged them up a bit did, did a couple of flags and 
uh, a unit to two units of light in light cavalry arquebus which arrived from uh, museum miniatures on Saturday. I've managed to get wow. them done yesterday. So that sounds um, like a pretty quick turnaround in terms of the postage as well as the as the painting. Then, did, when, when well, did to you be fair, I, I ordered them. I ordered them uh, pre the previous week. Uh, so I seem to be you put the order in. It takes a week for them to say thank you very much. We're sending them out to you. And they, they arrived remarkably quickly, given the state of the post. That's excellent. That's um, really good, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. If we're having a session, se second, separate section on what did you buy this week, I'll, I'll, I'll have something to say at that point. Right. You might, you might fess up something um, along the yeah. line. Yeah. While she's uh, in a meeting with your, um, with your commanders, then for that huge Lanshnet army, did you, did you take? a lot more time on them is it or, or was it kind of just a better version of it because that's always a dilemma isn't it with commanders how, i think um, I, I think i did take a bit more time paint? particularly with the horses i wanted to make them a bit kind of blingy and as it happens the, the these guys are mainly clad in armor so it was only their okay. sort of skirts and trousers that were stripy and uh, fancy but uh right and and have you gone of course like i'm guessing now it's all the fashion it's almost not even a question have you gone with round bases instead of square or uh, yes, I didn't actually have any round bases, so I trimmed the corners off square ones to make them octagonal. Okay, wow, that's a whole new. Well, I suppose they they were sort of it was the science of military, wasn't it, the Lanchonets? So that was um, that was this, maybe well, just, the, just, the more mathematical just to distinguish them. Yeah, so they just they just are identifiably not rectangular bases, which right, which which is all Makes you need. Stand out a bit then. Okay, yeah. Well, look, let's let's run along the top then again. Um, Peter, um, your your. I'm I'm talking the top of your head here. I think your um, your camera angle is slightly strange, um, but you know it just means we're just getting a lot more badger um, in in the viewfinder, <laughs> which is always good. Um, yeah, fantastic. So what what have you been what have you been painting last week? Because it was kind of last week was a bit in between, wasn't it? I think you were you might have been doing real work a lot of the time or something. Yeah, still yet more, way too much real work, unfortunately. Um, various fun things with work and people not doing what they're supposed to do, but they will do now mm. or else. Um, mm. But in between doing some Napoleonics, um, Beanry's having a quick look because um, my youngest son was playing Europa 4 as Austria and um, okay. you know, the Ottomans trying to attack them. So I've been mm. listening to Sabaton's Winged Hussars, which uh, Simon's <laughs> very pleased about. Uh, so now I've actually got to try and find some 15 mil winged hussars and buy them and paint them just because. Ah, well. Just because. Well. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Simon's got, what, 15 different types of them. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was just thinking, um, if you're looking for a good winged hussar models, the Lego Heroica ones, the one guy who makes them um, in Italy. Oh, he does some lovely stuff. Yeah, they're one of the nicest ones in the market. Um, I bought some of the uh, Lancashire model the ones. Totentans? Sorry? I've Totentans, they do. Totentans, you did, but they've disappeared. Yeah. Um, uh, what, I, what about the Polish lot? I buy Fire and Sword. Oh, yeah, Fire and Sword, but. Um, I've not been able to find any of them because I was looking to buy some of them for my Ottoman Turk army, but they seem to have disappeared a lot. Like your um, website's pretty out of date and a lot, like Northstar, who's their UK importer, has got a lot of um, last of boxes type of thing. So I'm wondering if they're either redoing their moulds or 
getting ready for a new set of rules because you just can't find any stock for them. But they look quite nice. If not the yeah, uh, Legend Heroica you could, one. You could always gamble on ordering direct from Poland, couldn't you? Because I think I've seen on Facebook they're producing new stuff, but I'm I'm never quite convinced with Fire and Sword myself because they're um, they're kind of a bit lanky and a bit angular. They, um, they are a bit stretched. They're, yeah. they're like a basketball team on tour. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they but, take highlights very well, but um, but they're kind of different yeah. to some of the other ones. Yeah, I, I got I picked some picked up some of the Lithuanians, but um, I might have a go at the Lejo Heroica because uh, I really like their models. They're yeah. always nice to paint. Um, it's just uh, how do we get through the whole uh, border customs thing and uh, yeah, did you, know, you, did you see buy um, one, think, pay for four? I think he was saying, um, I think he's posted something on his website, hasn't he, about um, the how difficult it now is for mm. for him as a 15 mil manufacturer in Italy to post stuff to um, to the UK. It's um, not worth uh, doing small orders or something, yeah, something like that. Um, it was, um, I'm just trying to think what it was. Um, now maybe That's it was on annoying, a different group it, or something. It's a great term. Yeah. A lot of the yeah. smaller manufacturers in it, in Europe have all said at the moment, we're giving up or it's really not worth our effort sending to the UK because some of the rules are so unclear. The couriers aren't working. They mm. just said, we're not going to do it for the moment. We'll let, it, let things settle or it's just too hard, which you can sort of understand. Yeah, I think he was saying that, I, I suppose we get used to having our postal service which is you know it, at the moment it's been kind of patchy and unreliable but you can download and print postage and weigh things yourself and whack it in the post box and all the rest of it but but i think he was saying in the in the post i saw that if he's posting stuff abroad that's outside the eu he has to go to the post box and fill in customs forms so and that takes time and you know he, he's not had, he's had some health issues the post office they then have to transcribe everything from the customer's bit into their computer. Yes. Yeah, that's it. They have to kind of punch it in there and then. I think he was saying that if he if he did too it much, really you know, the people behind him would be in um, in the queue, would be getting more and more frustrated. It's just not geared up towards doing that. And maybe yeah. there's some postal systems like it, which is just shame. think of It is in Italy, so we know Italian bureaucracy at the best of times is yep. Byzantine. So. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Oh, here we go. Actually, I've got the news section here. It said um, the deliveries to the UK is becoming tragic. Um, we cannot send packages up to two kilos outside the UE without a customs declaration. And um, and that is 20 minutes preparing the documentation, then queuing at the post office, then another 20 minutes because the employee has to transcribe everything onto the computer to prepare the actual documentation. So, um, so really, um, so if... basically you give me another reason why I'm pissed off about Brexit. It could yeah. possibly be that, yeah. I think it's it's starting to hit soldiers' com companies quite I've, tricky. I've, I've but... got a vague, I've got an idea for a workaround, but it does depend on how things go. But if how if, if the world's in uh, Greece looks like it's going to be a goer, maybe we can all order stuff to be delivered to the hotel in in Patras. <laughs> yeah, and the, I admire your optimism. Yeah, <laughs> getting stuff posted from Italy to Greece with a one-week postal window. Um, yeah, involving us actually imagine, being in Greece—that's kind of remarkable. You can just imagine though, from the the custom, like um, the hotel reception. So, you want me to accept deliveries of random parcels from all across Europe, <laughs> hold it on site for a bunch of strange oh. men to fly in, 
and pick it up and take it away. Yes, I'm really well, going to do it's, that. It's almost as good as when I've uh, got some money figures in the years. States. Yes, so what's your problem? Yeah, again, stuff ordered in the States and having it sent to my mother-in-law, then going and picking it up when we went to visit her and then having to explain what they were. Now, that mm, was it's probably just easier to say cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, I, I just didn't want to share. Um, <laughs> yeah, that could have been the tricky one. But, but going, yeah, going back to the hazards, though, um, go, yeah, going back to the hazards, though, um, the Essex ones are not bad. Who else does Wingo ours? Essex definitely do them. Um, yeah, I've heard um, it's all about yeah. the wings, isn't it? Really, yeah, Jeff was saying, uh, from our club and the leopard skins, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was an angel wing. He's got a bunch of the, the Essex Wing Hazars, and I think Clive did as well. He's saying they're great models, but one of the biggest downsides is because the wings, when they attach the torso, the, the stubs that go into the back of the torso to hold on is so tiny. Every time you look at it, wings fall off, which God. sort of makes... Yeah, um, makes <laughs> that's not going to survive me. <laughs> Peter, is this for the start of the Polish army or just your fancy doing a unit of Polish Wing Hazars? Well, you know, it's, just a, it's a gateway drug. Yeah. I, I only got the winged hussars, but their friends came along with them. If it's just cause, yes. why not do it in twenty fives? Because they look, oh, they look so good that it's worth getting them as big as possible to see them. Twenty yeah. five. Yeah, well, games do them, don't they? Yeah. As well. If yeah. Clive had, if Clive had an no. army of these things, they'll, they'll come up for sale sometime during the course of this year, anyway. Oh, fantastic! That, see, that, that's that's even. No, but I don't easier. think your son's going to wait, though, is he? Really? I think it's. Um, um, what about like, Lancashire? Would they, if you're looking something robust and straightforward, would they? Um, yeah, I've got some? them. So I picked up some yeah. of those as part of their sale. Um, the one downside of them is they've got the integrated pike or lance, mm. and it's very thin metal. So right. and the yeah. hand's not big enough to drill it out and replace it with something proper. So it's Simon, is there a 15 mil Renaissance figure that you can't say, oh yeah, I got them and look, I'm over there. Yeah. <laughs> look over sorry, there. Sorry, <laughs> do, 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 can we count Mexico in that? Have you got Mexican Renaissance figures? Yes. Mexico, that could be, that I'm not doing that. Uh, see, yeah, Simon, yeah, you know, it's lacking in your army. Yeah. Um, hey, Simon, you just... One model that would be nice, um, mm. I bought a Polish army for Renaissance from the Old Glory range. Oh, I didn't get the yeah. You can buy them through... Uh, you can either order Timecast, them... Timecast, isn't it? Yeah, Timecast. Or you can buy them uh, through Timecast here in the UK. And... Yep. Um, they've got quite a good range of the, the um, Strzelecki foot with the, uh, the guy with the cool hats, the, the um, capes, using a double-handed axe and a musket as a weapon. That's good. Yep. That's a win. Now, now that's got my name right now. Yeah. Now, just to sell me on it, are the axes gold? After your it can be. It would be. It was open to interpretation. The, the, the historical thing faded, so therefore it was gold in the first place. Yeah. But, but I, um, I didn't. Well, sorry, dark. did you say he's got an axe? And uh... yeah, so what they've they done is like, um, axes as um, got a musket rest, didn't they? Yeah, so they used um, to rest the musket because the musket was quite heavy. So like the um, European guys would have a little footrest, like mm. a nice little you know stick with a mm. Y. The Polish went. Well, we've got this big axe. We've got a musket. I put stand the axe up. Put the musket between the axe blades and hey forth. It's a great. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. like that style. That, that is more my kind of thing. Afterwards, 
it's no I've, I've got some of i've got some of those from um from that old glory range and they are really good you know that old glory thing where there's 50 in a packet but they're all looked slightly different yeah. and they yeah. all couple together yeah. no it's a really good range for it really not That's sure it's that great good. an army unless simon you managed to make it good in your um your version of rules when we're not quite sure but but so peter well, you're um historically they, well historically they released relieve Vienna. Well, yeah, that, that's, um, I'm not sure. Well, that's the if... song, Winged Hazards, Sabaton. It's basically them doing, as my son has informed me, the largest cavalry charge in history, ste steaming down, explaining me all the details. So I was like, right. ah, better doing some Winged Hazards then. Yeah. Viennese Relief, that sounds like some people pay good money for. Yeah, I was thinking I might have to put well, that in the um, the description and see if you get much trip. more hits on search or uh, SEO. That could be it. Possibly from the wrong sort of people, though I suspect. Well, they're possibly from the right sort of people. We never know. So and we're not so talking been... about biscuits. Yeah. No. Um, no. Exactly. This means war. So you're. Um, so what are you painting as we speak, then, Peter? That looks like you're doing uh, something there. I'm slowly working my way through Napoleonics. I've been too much sad sack and working too much. So I think mm. the Napoleonic army, I think Napoleon could have done his full campaign by the time I finished these buggers. Um, but um, it's slowly but surely, it's just relaxing. It's a nice break from uh, the realities of having to deal with stuff. So, yeah, yeah I don't mind. It's not like I'm going to be rushing to get them onto the table next weekend. No, <laughs> That's exactly. The fun We've all got... We've all got quite some time to do it. All right. Um, so um, Dave, I might have a look oh, at the yeah. Essex one. Sorry, Simon's waving yeah. various things. Because um, I've got an Essex Ottoman army as well. No, I think the Essex are not too. If you can fasten yeah. the wings on, but I think that's going to be a problem with anybody, says Hazard, really. It's it's just a, that's just what Hazards are all about. It's just getting the right glue for it. But, um, yeah, guerrilla glue time. <laughs> Funny enough, yeah. I know a podcast about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's maybe something we'll come back to later because I'm not even sure I've had that gorilla glue conversation on the podcast actually. Um, but Mr. Saunders, what are you um, what are you glued to at the moment in terms of painting? Are you um, are you stuck on um, the, the Spanish or finishing off the Spanish? Just a bit of odds and sods. Um, two bases of light horse, which we spoke about again. Just got to finish them off. Another unit of heavy foot. And uh, my, my, my commander-in-chief, my um, king from the Legio Heroicus, which, which, which I'm doing very slowly and I'm doing shading and things. Wow. Wow. Well, you're not just slapping some ink on it or stuff like that. It's like real proper layering. I've done his wow. and he's got, I've done like darker reds in the creases and painted over it and things. And I, I, I've, I've, tried, I've painted it black. Uh, Undercoated it black and then painted white over it, but leaving some of the back in. So it's going to pop. Is this because you're running out of miniatures to paint, Dave? Yes, it is. But um, an unknown person is sending me a commission. So, uh, Ooh, hey. so I'm going to have lots of somebody else's figures, figures to paint. So that will keep me occupied and save me some money. And, Carry uh, on, you might have some winged hazards today. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I did some serious job hunting this morning, but didn't get very far. But... Did you find a serious job? No, I, I, I'm getting stuck into it again now, though, so watch this space. That's the idea. Right. Okay. And I've got some Legio, no, no, Legio Heroica 
late Roman artillery pieces, which we're going to knock up at some point for the army I've already got. I thought that's the only thing I haven't got. I, I think that artillery might be better in Persian force. So. It's got to be, really? hasn't it? That's got to be one of the things that... they got to be one of the things they tweak because it just doesn't quite work at the moment and and if version four is sweeping up all the things that don't quite work those roman artillery just don't quite quite do it do they really but yeah. maybe there'll be something this winter, though. so this lego heroica spanish army i've put them all on i've got war bases mm -hmm. and war bases nicely drilled out two holes per base yeah to fit their earth magnets in mm -hmm. So the bases are now earth magneted. In fact, I can't separate these two from each other. They're that strong. <laughs> and, um, so why not use glue? No, no, what's really, so it's, it's better than magna base. They're actually more solid. They're going to sit in a tin better when I'm transporting on the tube and that, or flying to Europe as I will be. But Fingers good, crossed. This is really clever. I've got my electronic grass machine, <laughs> which you've got to have two connections with. To make it stick so you put the glue on the base mm. and then shake the grass on the electrostatic grass onto it and then you have to wave the little wandy bit over the top and it makes a little hissy sound when they all stand up right your honor does it actually well, make that's that much what of a I've, difference? Done. I've got this like um what's it crocodile clip with a paper yep. and you stick that to the base magnets and that creates the connection <laughs> Dave, you, I, I, you know, I, I know we normally only do these um, podcasts and audio, but your your face here is so excited. Is, I'm tempted to release a little video bit of this. Have oh, you, you... Look, that's my crocodile clip holding up my base. I think he's been oh. electrocuting himself too much. <laughs> yeah, I think he's been doing electroconvulsive shock therapy at home or something like that. <laughs> Dave, just, just, Dave, just go back to sniffing the glue. Much safer. Yeah. You're going it's to lose like that commission Pavlov's painting. Dog. You know, he's, yeah. he keeps electrocuting himself and has to go paint another figure. Well, I thought yeah. I, I thought I had some sort of light light taps when I put the paper the uh, crocodile clip against the box thing, the shaky box thing, and you get a, like a tiny little shock. That's, that's, that's the technical thing. term, isn't it? The shaky box thing. Yeah. No, the so shock shock paper clip. That's afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other day, had the what's known box. as the hopper. The yeah, hopper. The hopper. Yeah, yeah. But the other Thank day, I back to normal. Right, because it can only be as one of those kind of rectangular nine volt batteries. Surely, it uh, can't be. They're a, not the dual cell double A mains. Mains. <laughs> if you're not doing it mains, you're not doing it properly, mate. So, how much of a difference does it make shocking the grass to make it all stand up? Seems as though it's like what, like two mil. It does make a difference. Makes fair, makes a fair difference, actually. Yeah, I think it's really good. If you watch any of the got... videos I people doing I <laughs> I doing with flocking, it's you can see the difference compared to just dumping grass on and shaking it off. Yeah, exactly. Then don't forget there's there's channels on YouTube of flocking videos, which if yeah, you're yeah. ever struggling to I'm, struggling to see I am not searching. Um, <laughs> no, you're not searching for flocking videos. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking I'm, for some I'm flocking tutorials. Right. Well, Dave, well, maybe you should be filming them. Maybe this could be yeah, it. It's, no, um... I wouldn't go that far. There's, there's far better people than it than I am. Uh, good, good ones to watch. Uh, Luke Towan. He's a railroad, uh, railroad modeller. Yeah, I think I'll see And that. Geek Gaming Scenics. 
And is this are these just specifically good to watch about grass flocking, or are they just generally good? Oh, generally good for sort of terrain built terrain building. Well, I guess. <laughs> they don't just specialise in in different flocking techniques. No. You know, I, I was getting a bit weird going. then. It was just just flockers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this week we'll be doing nine mil grass. Last week we did seven, and I think you'll find nine in the autumn colours is much, much more effective when used with electrostatic at least yeah. 3.8 volts. You'd be surprised. Some, some static grasses are better than others. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. Did you say 3.8 volts? <laughs> uh, 240 you'll go home. Wow. Yeah, 240 you'll go home. I can see are we getting whole, back into... Um, ACDC, yeah. Yeah. Aren't we getting back into that conversation about the Victrix painting? What was that yeah. one with, which, uh, with oh, the Oh, the two or three millimetre um, airbrush thing, was it? Yes, the 2.8 millimetre aperture on yeah, your Yeah, it's, it's, it's all like about that. the nozzle. It's all about that, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want to be getting um, getting your flocking stuck in your airbrush nozzle, really, do you? millimetre nozzle on your airbrush? Bleeding hell. That would be for spraying a real-size car. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's German oh, pants, right. isn't it? For Russian models, yeah. That's where I've been going wrong. No, no, That's obviously the problem, isn't it? That's yeah, obviously the no, answer. More, uh, I thought it worked quite well for the undercoat. Yeah, right. So, Dave, didn't didn't you say at some point you were toying with getting some twenty five mils or twenty eight mils? Yeah, I gave up on that. I I I, uh, uh, I think it's cash straps is the uh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's a challenge. So hopefully this um, this commission thing will get you, um, will arrive and, and we'll be talking about what figures you're painting for someone else next week. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the plan. Battle of Boeing, which I know nothing about, so I'm doing research. Doing some research. Okay. All right. Well, um, Adam, what about you? Is it... Um, are the Dacians getting close to the end? Has, um, yeah, well, has Gallic um, Cavalry arrived in the post? They have Dacians are halfway there. I've done a second batch of four. Still waiting to put the um, transfers on because I need to get some micro, whatever oh, the last word is, possibly. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll get some of that. Um, yeah, so I'm on the third batch now. The fourth batch being prepped and sprayed. Um, the Gallic Cavalry turned up today. Thank you very much. Excellent. Um, Good. They're, they're going to be um, the next people painted. Your uh, your your people are, or your your parts of people are somewhere in the ether between um, Bournemouth and London as we speak. Um, other than that, not too much painting excitement. I've been thinking. I've been looking at perhaps buying stuff. And again, here's some advice some people might give because I've been looking at sort of like rounding out needed terrain. So the first thing is um, I've got some collection of cowboys and that for um, Dead Man's Hand, which is a real fun, yeah. Um, yeah. fun little game, actually. Um, and I recommend it for a sort of like evenings, not too serious entertainment. Um, but I've always played with other people's terrain. So I want to do my own Wild West town. Um, any recommendations? Do you, want to, I, do you want to paint it? Paint it or I, I'll paint it myself because pre-painted is just okay. Uh, TT Combat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sarissa. That's great, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, and products for war gamers. Products for war gamers do some good Wild West stuff as well. TT okay. Combat or products for war gamers. Yeah, just be care. Just be careful. I what I one building that I got from them. It was see. When I opened it up, I found out it was a mix of parts from two different buildings, and it didn't work. 
<laughs> but it yeah, took you four hours to discover that. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't one of those ones which was like being half built and the rest of it was supposed to be a, just the framework no, or something like that. No, it's just I walls, I, a couple of the walls were wrong for the building. So right. I didn't <laughs> with the cool. others. Yeah. No, I think I've got some TT, quite a bit of the, um, not TT Combat, the um, the products of Wargamer stuff because I used, because I've got some Dead Man's Hand scenery that also gets used for Malifaux. I just, or, or did used to get used from Malifaux that I'm sure you've played on at some point, Adam. But um, yeah, it's kind of neat. But um, it's it's an odd one, isn't it, cowboy stuff? Because I've played, I played Dead Man's Hand with Jeff, um, who's apparently doing much better now. He'll be um, hopefully out of hospital and recovering from COVID soon. Um, one of our club mates, and um, he, we, we played some Dead Man's Hand. But I think. It's just a beer and pretzels game. I think it, it's got lots of rules to try and take it more seriously and turn it into a campaign. But you just end up doing the same sort of thing a lot of the time and then people get shot. Well, I, I, the reason why I like it is because um, I've played it in, um, not in Torment actually, another toy shop in um, D D Bournemouth. Um, and we got the blokes to put on the... Um, music from the good bad and the ugly on the background mm. and you can just yeah. be a bit so you know you've you've got to treat it like a cinematic experience rather exactly. you've got to be telling yeah. the story rather yeah. than playing the game and it and it's quite fun um yeah nothing too serious but um yeah i enjoy it yeah and i've got some really bad mexican accents with my mexican banditos which was a uh, well you're, you're still great. wearing the um, bandana so i can see i can see the appeal there for sure and the other thing, similar, um, mm. 25 mil buildings for Ancients, mainly for Saga, actually, because I do sometimes play Saga, um, but I can use them for the other 25 mils as well. Companies that do the best, sort of like Dark Age, I suppose, huts. Uh, and war bases war. do? Bases. Yeah. War bases. War bases. bases. They, they, okay. do a, they do a Saxon house. They do, I, they do a couple. I think Sarissa do okay. Yeah, because I'm going to be putting an order in for war bases. stuff, uh, hovels. Yeah, hovels is, is one. resin. Yeah, hovels that's resin. resin. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, actually, how, how old are your? Um, oh, how old is your ground do MDF ones pre paints? Yeah, yeah. How old are your um, kids now, Adam? Um, Eleven and nine. Eleven and nine. So, do you think that's the age at which you could like kidnap? one of their teddy bears and um and skin it and use it to like create a fair furry sort of um you know thatch thing for your um your iron age hut do you think they notice um, or they get yeah, upset if I want a purple thatch or yeah it's like because most teddy bear furs aren't teddy bear fur no most teddy bears aren't teddy bear fur colored anymore so um right. you've got to buy the proper stuff oh talking to me kids and looking at the other side of me, me table that i'm painting on um, my children had a painting session today as well. So it's like me and the kids were painting two soldiers, which is a lovely, sweet thing. Because um, I bought them a box of Perry's foot soldiers, and they did a first batch of four, and now they're doing a batch of eight each, which they're going to use skirmish games for. So that's all that's a good. lovely parental experience. Yeah. So you'll have like medieval warriors going around to a um, Wild West town, jumping on and off the train, something like that. Sounds good enough to me. Sounds good. Sounds historical. I'm not, all sorts of different historical bits together. This means war. This means war. Simon, what, what about you? I'm guessing there's something 
renaissance and, and shopping involved? Uh, yep. So I've been busy painting um, up the Ottoman, Ottoman Turkish army. So I've been trying to do um, the Kapokuli, which is their nobility of uh, mountain nobility on the horses and all that. So try to do um, Ooh, little yeah, patterns. The idea of like, you know, some have got barning, some have just got cloth on the horse and all that. So I've done like little diamonds, chevrons on the horses. Some of the barning, they've got little random dots to make them rather interesting. So they're starting mm -hmm. quite, quite nice. Um, so I've now, you know, with the uh, weather being quite miserable on the weekend, managed to get um, three commanders done and about five bases of heavy cavalry of various sorts with bow, big sticks, lances and all that. And six bases of light horse have been repainted. So um, cool. there'll be enough. So how, how, are you find, how are you finding those um, those figures now that you're you're getting into the detail of painting them? The molds are a little tired. So mm. um, they, yeah, a nice looking model, if you get too close up to it, you can see uh, the lack of detail. Um, they don't take to a wash particularly easy. So like, say like a museum or an Essex one where you, um, you've got lots of crevices where you know, a wash can sink into. These, the, the depth of the, um, the cracks and creases is quite low. So you've got to be very careful. If you're a little bit too heavy handed with the paint, you lose a lot of that detail. So um, like, you know, around the horse's head, where you'd normally see like, you know, the eyes, the, t the um, long uh, nose and the muzzle and all that and then the um armor plating goes on top of it a lot of that sort of blends in together so it's a little bit hard to pick up where bits are but you know the wash and looking at three foot they'll look they'll look pretty good yep. um there's enough detail once you paint with a few golds and other colors they should look um quite spectacular i hope they'll look really good as well as the wind hazards chase them across the table <laughs> i guess so as they retreat and have you, have you done any more accidental shopping of, of the week um the the museum order arrived so that was quite nice so um uh, i got all my figures to do my alexander the great army and Excellent. a few of the to look at the, the hoplite figures just to paint for the sheer hell of it um, mm. and while i was there i may have bought some uh, renaissance artillery for the the, um, the lunch next because you know if you're gonna have a heavy you need foot, the full you need, suite you don't you, you need the full suite um, and the other one I bought just for something different is for the Turks. I bought some of the, I think it's War Games Designs, the, um, the pre-made pre banners. Okay. All right. Yeah. Adam, sorry, before I forget, the other one you need to look at is Charlie Fox Rock Models. Okay. And here's what we did earlier. Oh, right. You can't see it properly because the I've got to turn the background off. But mm -hmm. yeah, they're quite so, nice. <laughs> sort, sort that out. <laughs> Sorry, thanks, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I bought, um, I bought some of these um, these banners. They're only a couple of quid for a, for a sheet. Um, since I don't have access to a color printer or anything, I thought just to try something different. I'll buy a couple of these pre-made uh, banners to see how uh, how they'll look for the the Turks. So. Nice bright colours, you know, a few different logos and things like that. Actually, that's that's an interesting question, isn't it? I wonder if some of these paper banner guys have been doing um, doing better because people don't have access to work printers at the moment. Yeah, be, um... 
I can't remember which uh, which vendor I saw, but uh, one guy said, "Can you please stock? Can you please um, don't panic purchase all of your banners? You know, I've got enough stock to go around, but if someone buys and someone bought like twenty or thirty sheets of um, one yep. particular range, you'd run oh, out." Oh, that was little big man, wasn't it? He was telling people not to order stuff they didn't need because he, yeah. he was he was exhausted or something like that. Wow, that's carrying all the cash to the bank. It must be very tiring. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, amazing. I thought some of these would look quite nice on you know, the um, commanders and all that, just to give, again, make it the army a little bit more pretty and, you know, banners improve an army. Yeah, they do. Right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's good. Excellent. All right. So that's been you. So, um, Tamsin, is it, are you still still in house limbo or did you just give no, up I'm and, not in and house crack? limbo. Well, not on that move because when I went up last week to take a look at it I just realised that works that I thought could wait until I'd moved it, until after I'd yeah. moved it no, they, no. They, there's a lot of stuff that would need to be done before I could move in and there's no way I could do it. project manage that from London so right, okay, yep well with Jumar, thankfully I before exchange of contracts, so oh no, okay. So yeah, so I'm going to be going to be start, start back to square one on looking for somewhere. So you'll be able to do internet shopping then for for an actual yes, house. That's basically it. I've yeah. I ordered okay. ordered some US paratroopers for my New Guinea yeah. campaigns. All right, so that was North Star, IMX Artisan, and Crusader. Hmm. And did you order the road signs as well? No, I didn't. I, I think I can make those myself. I... Right. Yeah, I suppose they're probably good. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And I've and well, as it's as a, it's going to be quite a while before any potential move hmm. now. I've Break out the paints. painting. I, so I dragged out I some figures onto the table. Started work on some six millimeter ACW. Six millimeter ACW. Yeah. Okay, that's um. I'm just trying to think who, because I've got well, I've got some of those from years and years ago from Irregular on the strip figures. Um, and once I've got a Bacchus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bacchus ones are nice. But, I should be able to do a much better job on those than I've done on my ten mils, I imagine. Um, although Bacchus ones are quite big, aren't they? They're they're getting yeah. up to. Yeah, they're they're quite junky. So have you just uh, had them kicking around for a while, or is that uh, the restart of an old project? Uh, sort of primed uh, on painting sticks and primed for about five, five years, possibly. Wow, okay. That's the proper project when you dig something like that out, isn't yeah. it? That's good. Yeah, so it's mostly mostly cavalry, some artillery, some commanders today. And at, at six mil with Bacchus, then... Do uh, because obviously those new Warlord games, thirteen and a half mil ones, is just one strip for both armies um, yeah. in inverted commas. But uh, do Bacchus do different figures for each side, or do they yes. just do infantry? Yeah, they do. They do different different figures for each side. Uh, so right. <laughs> so they do more detail in six mil than the Warlord games do in, um, or more more, more customization the Warlord games do in thirteen and a half. Well. Sort of, yeah. Up to a point. Up to a point. Okay. 
it's not quite magic backer stuff then wow yeah. okay so we'll, we'll be expecting to see some 28 mil us paras in papua new guinea in the foreseeable future and then a, a another six months have you got the infantry done already then or did you just start yeah, did, with the ones that you yeah, did infantry and, and some cavalry some artillery and ben decided to need needed to do some a bit more cavalry. Oh, I will have to see if I can dig out the um, those ones that I had years ago and check that they've not just all rotted away or something like that. They probably forgotten. They probably forgotten that I own them. Never mind the other way round. Oh, it was just kind of frightening. Okay, um, just trying to think what I've been up to this week. So, I think this has been um, the rebasing project has continued. In fact, in fact, I had been meaning last week to talk more about the four little um, cruel seas ships. The, the little multiple torpedo boats that I'd done um, that were both cover mounted sprues from war games, whatever it is, whichever one of the two near identical magazines has cover mounted sprues war from war games, games. war games illustrated. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know why I'd ended up with two of the sprues because I, I very sporadically buy the magazine and, um, and I actually, because I was spraying some stuff gray um, for an undercoat, I, um, just clipped these things off the sprues and stuck them together really quickly and just sprayed them gray and then then did a couple more colors of light gray and some some stuff on the decks and and they do look kind of cute little ships you know they're actually I, i'd not really realized but they're one 300 scale in theory so um i'm not quite sure whether my ultra modern um one 300 scale armies are going to ever invade a port that's got some um, historic naval dockyard of second world war american pt boats and german s boats um next to it but but i guess you could use them for for that those waterline models but i just wonder is that a game that whether we've had this conversation before and how many people have bought that set and spent more time buying it than actually getting it on the table um uh, that would be me me you've got it yeah You've got it. It's just, it's one of those games. Yeah, I, I fancy giving it a go. Um, yeah. I had the original Airfix one uh, back when I was a kid. I loved it, putting it together, painting and everything else. So I had to mm. get it. It's just, um, it came along at a time where I just didn't get time because we had a whole succession of competitions yeah. uh, playing ADLG. So it's one of those things that it sat there staring at me, waiting. Right? Oh, you've got to have a chance now to paint it and yeah. do it because we're yeah. in lockdown. So I think yep. once I get past these Napoleonics, I'm going to have a go at that and get it all done for a laugh because I've got um, British and American um, uh, boats because I just fancy doing it for a laugh. Yours are still on the sprue then, in the box, the whole thing? Uh, I've made up uh, three samples, three whole samples. Okay. Roland mm -hmm. painted it at the club. I'll see him playing it at the club. It looks good. Yeah, did he enjoy it? Yeah, he, he had the... Um armed trawler which was fun yeah because there was a lot of people making there's a lot of people making mdf stuff like for that as well because it's all waterline isn't it it's um yeah. you could probably get a lot of the, the things I, I bought some waterline um merchant ships small small coasters uh to, 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 to give a convoy um scenario so, so Andy, sorry, are, are we saying that there's a game of Second World War PT boats and torpedo boats and you bought some things which can only really be described as targets, really? Yeah, for that? basically, yeah. Okay, 
So that's very generous of you to say, yes, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to come along and, and play the role of target in this. <laughs> so I'm just going to Well, you do get forwards. some ships to defend them with. Oh, right. Oh, you've got ships to defend them with as well. Yeah, okay. be a bit dull otherwise. All oh, right. Sorry, I thought you you just bought the merchantman and your job was just to sail from one side of the table to the other and, <laughs> and sort that out. No. Okay. So, no, but they're, they're nice little things. They're they're not too detailed, um, but I guess ships at that scale probably aren't. And it does make you wonder what what the rules are. But it's just that that sort of scratch the itch of going, yeah, I'll I'll do those for a little bit of a break. And um, I think they're in the same spray batch as all my my Second World War stuff, which I'd, I'd undercoated. And I've now been picking up um, after having done those ten mil Germans with the camo from from last week. I've been doing a few of the Brits, which I kind of couldn't get hold of um, a spray coat for the British bronze green. Um, so I actually bought some as paint and, and I've been, and I kind of think that I should be spraying all tanks, but I've been, been painting these, which is kind of really slightly weird. So, so I've been doing some of the, the Butler's printed models ones. I've got um, some of those Victrix ones, the Shermans that we talked about. I've got some pit head, got a bit of, um, a bit of Pendragon as well. And, and it's it's a much darker green than than what I used to think that I was painting my British in. Um, and when I started painting, I was like, oh my god, have I done this right? But now I've I've seen a lot of it and I've started to dry brush it. I'm really getting to quite like it. But those that conversation we had about the Victrix 10 mil tanks being too good um, from a long time ago, Adam. I think we were talking about yep. that. Now that I'm getting the things built and starting to get them dry brushed and and get them based up um i'm actually starting to change my mind on that um in the the detail that comes up on them with a bit of a dry brush is really really good and it is better than the materially better than the metal ones that i've got um okay. from, from any other manufacturer they do look really really sharp and the other thing that I've found with them, and this this is like a plague of or, or prob, you know first world problems for ten mil tanks, is the turrets. When you push the turrets in, they stay on, so you can kind of hold them upside down, and the turret stays on. Whereas your textbook problem with a lot of ten mil tanks is the turret just sort of falls off. No Which is bad because I've sort of like glued the turrets on just because. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that takes away the whole fun of turning the turret to point at the enemy and when go, you move. Pew, which pew, is, pew. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so the fact that I'm thinking, so it actually is a really nice model. It's really nicely detailed. It is better than than the, the Pendragon or the Pithead ones, I think. Um, the the detail does come up really well on the dry brush. I haven't used 42 different colours like um, Victrix suggested. I've used like one and about two or three dry brushes, and and I've even shamefully use german track color on them because now that i've got a bottle of track color um paint i'm going to paint all my tracks in in that track color um which has been good um but no i i am actually really really liking them and it's but it's still that weird thing that they do cost slightly more than than the metal tanks and they are plastic injection molded on a sprue with like six pieces but they cost slightly more each which i still can't quite get my head around why that's a problem but but i think they are really good um they're, they're really okay really so good. next question then um yeah. because this might not be an issue in 
five years time but at the mm. moment the range is quite small so if you put them on yeah. table with your metal ones yeah um do they kind of not stand out too much no not at all well, certainly not in the dark bronze green i you know i think in a camo they wouldn't stand out as well they they're fine they've just got more detail on the back um whatever it'd be called you know that sort of ventilation exhaust plate that that has raised detail on the back of them um this is never going to show is it really I, I mean, louvre they call it or something like that yeah louvres and stuff like that and on the front but um you know you can stick them next to the other ones they're, they're absolutely fine um the, the coloring and the rest of it but they are decent models and the fact that the lid stays on um when you pick them up is is really really good um it's you know the, the weight is takes a bit of getting used to but i've got quite a few of the takara pre plastic yeah. pre-paints as well that um that you kind of get used to i think the um the little trucks from from butlers um or, or the printed these 3d printed ones they do have a lot of lines on them for um for the 3d printing um and, and on the top that it's almost the reverse of the um that kind of thing with the um with the victrix tanks when you look at them you think oh dear these look whatever but but from wargaming distances it does start to disappear it, it didn't go away with an undercoat and the paint you can still sort of see it and if you were looking really closely you can you can literally see how it's been built up i've got one of these little um british you know whatever they are truck carrier things um that did um that pulled artillery that pulled 25 oh, pounds prime mover things they call them isn't they yeah the prime mover things and uh, uh, morris quad morris quad that's it exactly and and they've got kind of a a sort of pitch tent roof thing um in, in the way the shape is at the top and you can see that that's been built up with little individual layers and and i'm wondering what's going to what it's whether it's going to work when i put the the stars on the side of them because the sides of the, the tanks are, or the vehicles are actually ribbed in a way in, on a very small level because it's been built up with layers but what but you for, need is a microsoft sole exactly I mean, that's exactly what i'm going to use it for i'm going to think brilliant that that's all come into it um and then uh, any the other thing i'm repainting or rebasing a load of old stuff i've got some old minifigs um bren carriers um here and the bren carriers like those italian tankettes how bloody small was are they in real what what Very, how did that ever work they're like a jeep did that ever work exactly but they're, how did that work how did anybody fit in them that you could get three or four people in them you could get three or four people in a jeep yeah i mean they're absolutely brilliant yeah brain carriages are absolutely brilliant because it's like no they're not an armored fighting vehicle they're a fully tracked lightly armored jeep which is kind yeah. of really really useful but yeah they were small though deliberately small yeah. you can't be seen um yeah. four people Two in the back are probably hanging out a bit, but yeah, yeah, no, they're cool. Uh, you could actually get uh, you could actually get four in the back, plus the driver and commander in the front. But but how do you? Yeah, not the mini as well. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, they'd yeah, also yeah. tow uh, artillery and stuff with it as well. But how do you get uh, four in the back really? Because if they're like these models, if you had four in the back, two each side facing, facing, it was done. Wasn't it two each yeah. side facing outwards sort of thing? But there's two each side, which I get. But the only way you do that with 10 mil figures is if you um, cut them off at the waist. So unless yeah. it was, you know, used for British soldiers with really, really short legs, or they were doing a Fred Flintstone along the bottom or something, 
how did you, how did four people actually fit in the back of all these? It's a bloody mystery to me. Um, so I'm, I'm reading some of those and redoing these British, and, and they're starting to to come together. I think I've accidentally ordered far too many British paratrooper um, jeeps from Pithead, but they are really really cool. But I appear to have a lot more than appears to be allowed in the BKC lists, even using them for recce and transport and other things. But but minor detail, and um, I've been working on that. And then I've been rebasing and getting somewhere with all my um, my Russ and Vikings, and and that that exercise is actually starting to feel like it might be worth doing, because <laughs> they do look look much nicer than than they did before. Because I was thinking for a while that I'm I'm just wasting my you know I'm doing make work here but but redoing those and re and tidying up the spears for a 20 year old army it's a pain in the whatever to repaint all the spears but they are soft metal spears so they all bend and they all flex and and they all chip bits off and and that just repainting the spears refreshes them an awful lot and um and mixing up the so i've got it used to all just be like viking blokes and now i've got these have got 200 cut weapons and these have got swords and these have got spears and these have all got the rust shields and and it really does make a, a difference to get them a little bit more so so that's been kind of kind of worthwhile um as well and i'm i'm just staring at you know whether whether the weather's gonna well whether i can actually catch up with simon and get hold of some of um these thracians that i think are in that museum order um and do a bit of a swap there um i also got um contacted by a bloke on um facebook on on maxman who's got a, a kickstarter for a 10th century baronial wars sorry 13th century baronial wars 10 mil um set of figures that um that wants to to send us some so um if i get hold of those i'll i'll share some of them out and um have a look i'll just quickly pop this up it's a kickstarter for um 13th century baronial wars um from a company in Penkridge, but they look. We can um, get, keep Dave pre, uh, busy with painting. Yeah, keep Dave pre, busy doing them. But mm. um, but they look really super sharp for ten mil. Um, mm. like, like ridiculous. They look, they look really nice. Baseball. Yeah, yeah, they look really, really good for that. So I'll yeah. um, I'll hopefully get some of those and um, and we can have a look at those. It's I, I had a look. It's something like twenty two, no, thirteen years since I did. Um, or 12 years since I did a 10 mil medieval army, um, which is a bit weird. And I'm, I'm kind of in two minds for it as still as a, as a scale for, for ancients. Cause I, I don't know. I just think it's, you do need to see the figures a bit more in 15 mils decent and okay. But, um, but no, it'd be interesting to see what they're like, which is nice. But well, Clive, nice had to... a 50, Clive had a 10, had 10 mil armies. And first, one of the first times we played ADLG, um, I was using his Macedonian army, and in 10 mil, in 15 mil scale bases, a pike phalanx doesn't look quite impressive. Yeah, I've, I've always thought if I was going to do it, I might do it on the 25 mil bases to get really big, but but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of effort for something that I've already got. Um, yeah. Really quite a lot. But if I was starting the of... game completely, I would probably have I'd prefer 10 to 15 mil as a figure scale. Um, but if you've got loads and loads of stuff that are 15 mil already, it's not that much better to make it worthwhile painting all the bloody things again. Yeah, no, I suppose that's it. You do start from that psychological position of 
I've I've already got these. Um, what am I actually going to do and redo that? But but yes, yeah, so I've I've kind of got bogged down between redoing a load of these Brits and doing this rebasing thing and some some other odds and sods. So it's um, it, I, I kind of feel I'm I'm halfway between about finishing three or four different projects and then and work out which one's next to do. But you know that's that's the challenge of being a wargamer, I guess. This means war. Question for you on a slightly different yeah. subject because I've been considering, um, and this is project for further out, doing a uh, central or East Asian army, um, which um, probably will involve lots of flowing silks. Which um, mm. everything you said about contrast paints, um, I'm sold, and that sounds like it would be way to, the way to go. But I then come up with an additional question of um, how did you paint the horses? Did you do them how you always used to? And is a different painting style on the same model kind of noticeable? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I did them in the way that I did. I learned with the Hungarians from beginning of first lockdown, which was white undercoat, slightly thinnish wash or color of different browns, then do the details and then do army <clears throat> painter washes with progressively darker washes on the bottom of the legs. Okay. Um, so I, the... I did it with the Arabs so uh, I followed Tim with the contrast paints with the Arabs and just did the horses with my coat arms as usual um, but I just tried to be a bit lighter on the army painting because the it, the colours on the contrast uh, you know you undercoat white and use the contrast they ping it's great because what I was thinking is what for the horses yeah. white undercoat using the coat arms paint thin down a little bit yeah, because it's almost the same effect. It will, it will look sort of like darker in the creases, and sort of like a lot lighter, and then sort of like doing the darker legs, black legs, or something. But yeah, it's like I, I'm just a bit worried. Contrast paints are such a different painting style to, well, to any other yeah. painting style there is really. That it might it works. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that you know, that it's a different way of delivering it. But the end result is kind of. Um, you're doing an ink wash and a light base coat in one. Okay. So you're getting halfway between the two. So it's actually a more efficient way of doing it. But if you said, I'm going to paint this cloak light blue and then cover it in army painter military blue ink, um, that would be a two-stage process. And you could See, go, I'm going to hit it with contrast paint and you get the same result in one. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not going to do it in like five different layers. Yeah, layers um, and all sorts look, of different things. Yeah, yeah. I do yeah. one lot of uh, contrast. Yeah, fair enough. But but also ultimately the the silky clothes are a different texture and a different thing to the horses. So if they are if they look different, that's that's not actually such an issue. But I I didn't find I think it would be more difficult to do. No, it wouldn't work to do contrast paints and um, maybe it'd be harder to do contrast paints and layering, actually, because contrast paints is a shade. So you almost want to do a, a shade on the horses as well. Um, and the the idea of doing the horses with slightly thinned down coat arms and then, then darker washes from the bottom up just seems to work really well. Um, okay. I, I feel pleased about doing it, but... 
maybe give it a go on um, on those half dozen goals or the four goals or whatever that's come through. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah, I'll, I'll do a test at some point. Yeah. But as I say, that's for a project that far down the road. And okay, and as we move down the road, that's um, probably time for us to move on to the next part of the podcast. This means war. Right, so look, we've done um, we've done painting and um, shopping, I think, as well. Um, so let's talk about games. So, so looking here, there must be a couple of people here who played each other at some point. Um, I'm guessing, Simon, you're normally doing some relational stuff. Which which person up here have you you picked on this time? So um, Andy and I had a um, another uh, Italian wars game where. Um, the Germans invaded um, the north of Italy for to see the combination of schnitzel and pasta. No, it was, it was the Spanish who invaded, not the Germans. Oh, sorry, the Spanish. My apologies. Yes, it was the um, Imperial Spanish. So the big question, um, paella versus risotto. Yeah. And um, Spain is very happy to leave uh, Milan as an independent kingdom for the moment and uh, will come back for another round. Um, it was a... Um, it was one of those games where things happened. It, it looked like for a while I was going to absolutely stonk Andy, and in one turn, it all went horribly wrong. So, um, so my oh. big foot units managed to burst through Andy's units, and we thought, "Here we go, you know, kill the front units. I can go into the next, charge into them. I charge artillery in the flank. The artillery stands. Next turn wounds me." I then charge another artillery in the front. It proceeds to beat me. Wow. And then it's mate next to him, guys. Oh, hang on. Watch this. 6-1. And then you know, most of my foot unit just disappears into red mist. And then just there's gaping holes of um, um, Spanish Cornell units, you know, the year of the keel with some Arquebus units, just all disappeared into mist. It's like, well... That went from a um, guaranteed win to mm, quite spectacularly. <laughs> so was that quickly run away and um, and rewrite part of the rules kind of moment, or was it just the dice were so extreme it didn't matter? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of um, special expansions for when Simon's losing, he can quote these yeah. rules and he always wins. Um, <laughs> no, I think that works definitely. That's that's legitimate. But it was a it was, it was a good game. We got. Um, Compared to like some of the games of Fogar we had in Italian War, where you get those big Italian War periods where everyone stands against each other and looks there, and three and a half hours later, you've got a draw. We had uh, a Tercio, lots of keels, uh, the Colonelli units. We had, really scaringly, we had four Arquebus units of just LMI Arquebus running around actually doing things. We made a couple wow. of tweak the rules to make them justifiable because normally archivists are just useless yeah the range is normally too short isn't it they normally shoot and then get hit and they're gone yeah and we managed we made a couple little changes to make them a bit more effective they still get ridden down if you know crass you find them out the open um or even in the field well what happened in real life with them anyway did they actually work better than that or yeah they just get ridden down a lot they were primarily if you um look at the history, a lot of their effectiveness was when they were deployed behind fortifications or 
behind a moat or things like that. You know, the gendarmes or the, uh, the opponent would come charging up against them, can't get through the fortifications, so the Jacobus can really blow them away, and then the gendarmes it's, come flank. You see the fortifications, and this is a classic, um, when the Swiss got their asses handed to them, they charged yeah. a load of Spanish arquebuses that... They were in a, it was an ornamental garden or something silly, but it basically meant it was a 10 foot wall that they were on the top of behind stone balustrades. Um, so they um, they did the Swiss really, really comprehensively. And the other one is Pavia, where they did yeah. the uh, French uh, gendarmes by standing uh, behind hedges and bushes and going, oh, you're dead, bang, you're dead, bang, you're dead, bang. Oh, we've captured the French king. Um, so Huzzah. you had to be careful with them. Um, you, they, they needed to be not exposed hmm. but if they were in the right place at the right time they would beat anyone yeah and that was one of the things that we got working in the game quite nicely so um we had aquabus being supported by keels and other foot units to protect them so as something scary would come up the aquabus could get a shot off then get protected or um you know more scary things would advance up so the aquabus was safe but um andy managed to go the um very nicely decided to show the power of the gendarmes. So at an archivist unit in an enclosed field behind you know, the walls, we thought we're safe here. We'll get a couple of cheeky shots of the, um, the gendarmes. The Italians went, no, nah, I'm not having a bar of that. So two gendarmes, mounted gendarmes, charged into the enclosed field, six won me, and the archivist unit disappeared into red mist. We went- Well, I did have to throw my leader in. Yeah, so um, it was, you know- And the first time was a bit scary because um, under Simon's rules, um, armour doesn't count against shot in the first round. So, you, you know, in, in ADLG, you say, oh, we're knights, we've got armour, we don't care. In this in the, in this rules, if it goes wrong, your armour doesn't save you. I, I like the way that you said in Simon's rules, just before you talked about something that, that you thought was going to disadvantage you um, in the combat. That worked, that worked really well. That was quite quite nicely done. <laughs> so how Thank was you. the rest of the game from your side of it, then, Andy? Did it, did it feel... Did it work? Did you? Um, well, yes. I mean, well, I, I um, there's a couple of interesting learnings, but um, I, I did think I was going to lose at one stage because um, Simon's Connellanos were just piling through, and uh, it's very easy to create a traffic jam uh, where, where you get yourself in a difficult position and can't manoeuvre out of it with double size units, and that's something mm. you need to learn. I don't think I've mastered it yet, but. The first time you play the game, I suspect you can very easily get yourself in a position where you just cannot move your guys anywhere useful yeah, because they're stuck yeah, behind that, other people. That gives quite a different feel for it, doesn't it? If um if you're used to being able to just sort of swap individual units round with um you know single unit moves and things like that, but and slides, but you just can't do that if things are double width. No, you? traffic 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 care control becomes a, a factor in your planning. God, we're back to um, Napoleonic. I'm um. Yeah, my the biography of um, Napoleon I'm reading. I'm sure that will that will come up at some point. But at, at the moment, I think I'm still ah, in so some stage where. Before we go on, Peter, here's here's a good example. Here's a really good um, story to show the strength and weaknesses of arquebusiers at this time. Quite late in the Italian wars, there was a battle, and gunpowder was getting more and more popular and more and more effective, and people realised it was. So they came up with this tactic of in the pipe block. What we'll do is we'll have the second rank as arquebusiers. So just before we close. They can fire, of course, sword in the enemy pipe block, and then we crash in. Crash in, brilliant idea. Both sides tried it, and what happened was um, pipe blocks got close to each other. Second rank fires, so all the first rank gets killed of pikes. 
brilliant, really worked. But then you've got a row of arquebusiers stood in between two pipe blocks that are about to hit each other. And it was like, ask the busier jam. squashed. So uh, wow. they didn't try it again, but that really clearly shows the strengths and weaknesses of, uh, <laughs> of this silly weapon. God, no, that does sound quite frightening. Do you remember the name of the battle, or is that? Um, well, I think it was Carousel, wasn't it? If someone, so I, I, um, I remember playing around with one, and the the bullets are actually massive. They're like great big uh, elephant I'm, I'm shots. Sorry, you, you, you've played around, like you know, I, I can buy into the idea that you accidentally bought Warlord Games Cruel Seas, but you accidentally bought an arquebus. No, I didn't um, buy one. Um, oh, that'd be silly. Yes, of course. Well, he thought else. it was going to be 28 mil, but it turns out it was yeah. one-to-one scale. <laughs> it was real scale. Yeah, it was, a, it was one of those, it's, 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 you know, scale explosion things, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but okay. they're quite heavy things, and the uh, yeah. bullet is massive. Mm. And they have a hell of a kick. Yeah. <laughs> Where was this? Well, he's told us about his back garden many times. I know it's probably got a um, small medieval castle there, isn't it? Down don't by don't the, you have the a lake. shooting range in your back garden? Yeah, down by the, down by the stables, isn't it? Or something? No, no, no. You've got to move it away from the stables. So you've got a decent distance. It scares the horses. Yes, you don't want to scare the horses, do you? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. And Dave, we didn't actually fight a battle this week, but we re re watched one, didn't we? We'd, um, the game we played the week before on, on Tabletop Simulator, we... Um, We've done a um, sort of match of the day, Gary Lineker-esque, um, or, or possibly some of the more less interesting people, um, which is saying something, um, recreation of it in which we we watched the video of the tabletop simulator game and talked each other through it to see how we were feeling during the game, which was kind of weird, which will appear as a video at some point in the next um, next couple of days, I think, or possibly even before this this podcast comes out but it was interesting to see a game that you played you know literally see every single bit of it again well it was kind of uh quadruple speed yeah but it has to be it has to be eight times speed otherwise you, you lose the will to live you know you don't want to be sitting spending more than 20 minutes reliving a game that you've um you've gone through once before how to do his match of the day with edited highlights yes basically it is yeah Watching two and a half hours while somebody goes, no, I, I don't know what to do. Here. Yeah, yeah, uh, faffing about. Yeah, but doing it at that speed was quite amusing. Um, I loved it. I thought, I thought, it, I thought it's the future. I thought. I thought yeah, it no, it was an interesting well. way. I think you sort of see what you've not done properly, um, a bit more clearly. It was kind of interesting. Is this the future of esports then? Uh, I thought it was time commanders for YouTube generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're doing our own version of time commanders. That's. That's actually the secret. Um, so that's like, and then I did also have a game against um, against Richard Case as well. Um, using he was using a, a Byzantine list as well that did exactly what you did in our game, Dave, and, and redeployed against. Um, I used uh, that Arab army that I I put together on Tabletop Simulator with a. Yeah. I used it as one with a, a Tibetan ally, so a whole block of cataphracts in the middle, and the terrain fell a bit funny, which um, didn't help when my um, I think my um, Tibetan ally went unreliable, so they were unreliable for large parts of the game. So, so you nearly, try to say he stomped you? Well, no, I, I really had him on the back foot, but I only was using one command out of three, and um, and it it, it stomped worked you. for a while. It worked better than it should have done for a while, but then eventually, um, you know, mathematics and ability both came into play. And you, you mean um, they actually um, caught up to your figures? 
Well, that's all sort of. He, I, I got some good stuff. You know, the the mediocre medium cavalry that um are my one of my favourite rubbish <laughs> troops. Medium cavalry. Medium, you, you can't medium get cavalry, much but... more rubbish troops than that. No, they're grand. They they were charging forward. They were my cutting edge. They're my schwerpunkt. And um, they nearly managed to overrun his um, artillery and, and took down a load of his bowmen as well before he could redeploy. They just like lurched at him and rolled long, chasing his light horse and went straight into his bow-armed infantry and, and took them out. But, but yeah, that just, is funny. It, it well, really was... Um, light horse, since his light horse white for running away from mediocre cavalry. Yeah, well, mediocre impact cavalry. So, um, oh, well, okay. Tremendously good value. So they would they would have beat them comfortably, I think, if they if they'd reached them. So, but that that was entertaining. But but Adam, what about you? Have you been um, playing against the kids this week? Or, or yeah, I had face race game um, with the boy. Um, his first ever yep. game of ADLG. Oh wow! How did that go? Stuff. Um, and we actually did um, ADLG one hundred, mm-hmm. which are hundred point armies, which is which is in the book because that was. Uh, I think it would have been starting off manageable with just one commander and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And it worked, worked really well. Um, mm-hmm. I, we did, um, I've got 25 mil armies or 20 mil armies, um, Carthaginian versus Romans. Um, and I said to him, um, what do you want to use Romans or Carthaginian? And I thought because they're more famous, he was going to say Roman, but because he knows yeah. a bit about it, he said Carthaginians okay. without any hesitation whatsoever. Oh, be Carthaginians. And um, yeah. It was. Um, it took about an hour and a half. I had to talk him through the rules and options and stuff. Um, but he picked like up when you're playing quickly. Andy, then really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he picks up really quickly. Um, it's a good the the 100 format is really good for learning the rules because um, mm. it it is the same game. You know what I mean? It's exactly the yeah. same game. So the whole factors and the maneuver and stuff is. All exactly the same, but it is more manageable just with the one commander. Um, so that was good. It'll be, I can't figure out though whether I think because I've only played it once, um, and only against a child, I can't figure out whether, as well as a way of learning the rules, it would be an interesting game and intellectual exercise in its own right to play ADLG a hundred points because, um, the way the game goes is there's what one attack you you don't get to recover almost you know what i mean mm. it's sort of like stuff happens quite quickly um but designing an army to win that might actually work as a game in itself if you see what i mean sort of like winning at that right. scale um, but i'm not absolutely so mark if you guys want to try it a couple of times on adlg perhaps you could tell me because i i'm only really using it as a training um aid at the moment but i was impressed with him mm-hmm because there was Did one bit in the game that over on this flank, um, I was trying to get around with medium foot and it could have gone badly for him. He had all his cavalry on this flank doing me in and we were about to clash in the middle. And we sort of talked through each term and I sort of said to him, well, that could go badly, really badly for over there. That's obvious way where you're sort of like doing well. And this is, I'm going to win if we get stuck in eventually. So he went, well, I'm going to do one thing over here to stop it going disastrous and pour everything else in this this flank to make sure I win. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of the correct decision. That's the so, correct decision, um, yeah. Resource allocation, yeah, so, it works. Good. Um, so, I was, yeah, it was good. How old is he? Sorry, 11. 11? Yeah. So Alexander was on his first battle by then, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. In the cavalry. Yeah, but, you know... Uh, 
lovely as lovely as Adam's boy is, um, setting him up to say you need to be aiming for um, for Alexander um, in your first game. Um, that's that's a pretty high bar to set him, isn't it? Really, particularly he's good at yeah. cricket as well. Which which Alexander, I've, there's no historical record of him being a good. He never opened bowler. the batting, did he? Not for his school, no, not at all. So, your your boy is ahead of him on on that basis, isn't it? When they when they write the history, he'll be like, well, you know, swings if only Alexander swings around the bats. Yeah, indeed. Okay, all right. Well, look, that's um, I think that's that's covered the gaming and the cricket. That's fantastic. This means war. Right. Well, look, we've done um, shopping, we've done painting, we've done some gaming. It's a miracle. And that can only mean one thing. And that thing is it is time for the Gallic Deep House Disco Techno of Andy's Quiz. Mr. Finkel, oh, Dave, you're 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 raising a glass of um some sort of crusty French lager there. I'm sure something like that. Um, so Andy, hit us with or remind us with what last week's slightly bizarre and um, no doubt risque and double entendre laden topic was, um, and then hit us with some answers from it. Right. Well, last week was he said what, and I gave you quotes by famous people with blanks for some of the words and you had to guess what guess or tell me what the words were so the first one so was this, by is, this is good then. so we can actually we can actually have a go at this now can't we oh in, yeah um, absolutely a, yeah the carry on right. sort of style good so frederick the great a crown is just a hat which blank 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 somebody drop you don't, rain in you don't want to sit on somebody drop let's the rain in that's the, rain, the in. rain in that's correct proper right. answer okay yeah. Number two, this is by Napoleon. You've quite got the idea here, have you? No. <laughs> yeah, Tamsin, look, give yeah. us give us at least I can edit it out the silences while we're trying to make something up that's vaguely funny as well. I can edit out the bad ones and then, then you can come in with the real answer a bit later on. That's oh, so doing a oh, oh what's that show with Darrow O'Brien? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That what one was scripted, but we're trying to do it without being scripted and without being professional comedians and do it in real time. But let's go. Right. right. Fire away, Andy. Sec- the second game. one, second quote was by Napoleon. A boy can blank, 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 as well as a man. Mess things up. Here we go. Um, um, escape from Corsica, then return at the head of a large Lightest army. farts. Cooked chicken, Marengo. <laughs> Cooked chicken, Marengo. Yes, how about that? Cooked chicken, Marengo. Possibly, but that wasn't what he said. It was a boy can stop a bullet as well as a man. Nice. Nice, happy, good. Yeah. This okay. was in the context of recruiting 16-year-olds for the army when he was running out of older people to older people. 1812. Right. Okay. When they all Still, got started the at the bottom of Peter's garden. Right, okay. Final question. And the third one, Maltka the Elder. If you look at any military situation, you will see the enemy has three options. Of these, he will always choose the blank. The one Andy chose? Run away! Run away! Stay always choose the fourth. Correct, the fourth. The D6? No, the fourth. Okay. So that's a Star Wars reference. Good. Okay. 
Right. Well, look, we've had um, we've had those questions. Let's let's hit the music and then come back with this week's quiz. Andy, right. take it away. I've got a bit of a dilemma because I've got two sets of questions and we can do one this week and one next week. So I'll give you a choice as to which topic you'd like. Would you like Storming Normans or Mad Science? Mad Science. Mad Science. Mad Science. Yeah, mad we're, science. we're looking okay. at the team. We're going Mad Science. Okay, right. First one, what was Archimedes' iron claw? Right, that's the question. Okay. The second, which nation in World War One? Developed a steam-powered flame-throwing tank. What? Well, just that's cool already, isn't it? Yes. Right, that's just good. <laughs> I don't know. Just give... one. Yeah. Why didn't they just give the war to that side, whoever it was? Right. Yeah. Tamsin's uh, already it, started it, painting it. And it's not yep. Bretonians or Empire or any of that stuff. This is a proper. No. There was a proper. Was it, was it undercoated in gold? No. Uh, not from the pictures I've seen. Right. Um, right. Number three. What unusual material was intended to be used in the construction of the aircraft carrier in Project Habakkuk in World War II? Unusual aircraft carrier materials. Okay, that's um, that's that's pretty good on the obscure status, and I think a pretty good point to to end this week's quiz. incredible I'll, I'll change the zoom filter so i no longer am wearing a gallic mustache um that's part of the the official end now of um of andy's quiz and uh, simon loving the bunny ears that's um that's just me and you normally isn't it we normally do that not in a group chat um no that's fine um so look we've we've done um we've done everything this week and we're cracking on for for a fair amount of time so um just a, a quick run around what's what's coming in the post what's happening next week what's what's going andy what about you i think you mentioned you might have some some optimistic shopping arriving yes uh well um inspired by the adlgr game i played with simon and also the um fact he's got some ottomans i've got a medieval ottoman army so i thought i'll buy some museum handgunners basically uh Janissary and uh, Azaps. And the museum have got a range called City Rabble. And I thought, how can you resist City Rabble when they're 25% off? So yeah. that sort of swayed me in to, towards buying a, a load of museum miniatures for these Ottomans. And so buy, another... buy one Rabble, get one free sort of thing. Not quite, but, but they're, they're, they're still keenly priced. Uh, and then a few other few other little bits and bobs, and so that's that's in the order, and should be arriving probably next week. Um, wow! And um, the, 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 I've actually written my I'm writing my projects on the on the door on a piece of paper on the door of my war games cupboard, so that's been added to the bottom, and I've actually managed to cross off one of my projects this week when I finished the launch next. So, you know, to me, putting a new project when you finish one sounds okay. So that's I, me. I, I think that's I, almost I, illegal, isn't it? I thought you have to start at least two projects for every one that you finish. That's the way um, it works. Well, there were other bits as well, but uh, they're not really a full project. And I've now right. undercoat. I've now managed this evening to undercoat 
the skeleton cavalry. So they're a nice shade of chocolate brown at the moment. So we'll see what they look like when I've dry brushed them bone and stuff by next week. Okay, skeletons are hay. Um, Simon, you're you're normally top of the shopping list, and I think normally you're um, you're getting side orders for me as well. Is there Pendragon stuff happening? Did we did we admit that earlier on? Um, we haven't admitted admitted to it, but yes, they have me. Um, I am sorry, I have done your order. They should be here in the next few days. So excellent. We happen to be exercising somewhere in the same area, and we happen to meet each other. That could be good. Fingers crossed. That's good. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, but from a shopping perspective, the only thing I've bought is a couple of paints. I've actually run out of silver for doing all the armor, um, which is quite quite scary. Oh, that's all. I tried oh, and get and I was very unhappy with the effect. So I found I've been just using silver with um, yummy paint and washes and all that, and that meets my level of competency. So. Um, I'm happy with that. And at three foot, when you're playing in the um, the, the club back in the day, <laughs> in the Stygian <laughs> darkness, yeah, yeah, that's true. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, what, what paints did you get? Because I actually, it does remind me. I've um, part of digging out my Second World War ten mil stuff and, and redoing some things. I've realised, or, or history has caught up with me, that a number of my coat to arms, the little pots with the flip top lids the lids have just um the plastic on it has just died and, and sh almost shattered and i'm thinking is there a way of getting replacement lids because the pot is still fine but the lids are just kind of knackered um and because the paints don't seem to you know instantly dry up underneath and i've got quite uh, a I few think of those it'd be cheaper anybody? just to buy another pot of coat arms what you might be right yeah but, but i'm a wargamer so i, I kind of go for these um artificially pointless money-saving things. I'm just um, genetically programmed to do it. Pendragon um, sell, and I know a few other places do it, the same, you know, those little eyedropper bottles that I'm in paint, yeah. paint come in, you can buy those, like four of them for a few Might quid. Might be looking on Amazon for those. Yeah. We don't support Amazon. Looking at the size of Coat Arms paint pots, hmm. maybe a cork. Maybe a cork. That's, yeah, there must be a little cork or something, but, but that's that's too low tech a solution. There's got to be something, somebody making them that I can order them from Guatemala and they they arrive by eBay by post or something. Because I don't also want to put them into the dropper bottles because that sounds too hard. Yeah, but the, the the plus side of getting into another one. No, no, yeah, pop. The plus side of getting cork option is you hmm. get a bottle of wine first to get the cork. So well, there's no waste. That's true, actually. Yeah, uh, that is possibly true. But then I'm going to spill it as I'm kind of trying to pour it in. But um, maybe I just need to paint the soldiers a lot quicker, like not leaving tins of paint for um, more than a decade or something. Has like anyone that. ever had a pot of paint that they've actually used and got to the bottom to? Yeah, yeah. I'm just about to get to the bottom of a dropper bottle of um, Valijo which I'm very yeah. excited about because I don't think I've ever got to that. Just scrape out the bottom bit of the paint with me brush type thing. Yeah. yeah black, it's always black dried up a few or times. Died or... Yeah. yeah, black black and white have done a few times, oh, namely yeah. with, um, funnily enough, Austrian army. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm although... I've done, there's a few Vallejo colours I've gone through. Black and white, definitely. I think... There's an empty, greys empty black, yellow, Vallejo. And I've gone through at least two lots of uh, 
English uniform Valencia, muddle colour. One thing that I am pleased about is um, I've got a, it's artist stores, um, Rounder, Daily, or the sort of like yeah. decent brand of um, acrylics. It's not oil, sorry, mm. acrylics. Um, it's green and I got it because it was a good grass colour and I use it for all my now all dry brushing, grassy stuff. And I got that before I painted my Numidians, which is decades ago. And yeah. I've still got about three quarters of a tube and it's still in perfectly good condition. So that's quite good because any other sort of like paint would have died, but I've still got this nice fat tube of perfect paint after about 30 years. Which is God, that's a frightening thing. I'm looking up at the paint thing now and thinking, which yeah, which are the really old paints? That's um there are definitely some. I I'm sure I've got some um either airfix or humbrol enamels that I must have had when I was at school. Um because once they the died, tin lid, no, but once the tin lid is really shut, it's really shut. And you've got no idea where they've done these because you're never gonna open them ever again. <laughs> um so it's possibly impossible to open them maybe you need a welder well, or let's, something let's to get them use them to make enamel enamel washes for for your tanks enamel washes oh my god oh yeah. like look like we're in another rabbit hole we've got to move on you know otherwise we'll be here till midnight right who's next on um on the shopping and painting um peter have you got anything coming in the post this week um, um i'm you're... gonna research and buy some winged hazards i think um, oh, just a few time. for a laugh and i might just do it essex um yeah. and then um painting if there's if the weather eases up i might have a go at the um little ships at the weekend and do a spray right. but if it's the we weather's a mess i won't okay so we could both have some little ships for a game that we've never actually played and um, we're not going to be able to play for at least another well six it's like tabletop uh, simulator of little ships how about that yeah, let's have a look. Let's, there's got to be somebody doing little ships on Tabletop Simulator. It's got to be possible. We've got to dig yeah. that out then. Okay. I, I might try um, and have a game of Tabletop at the weekend. Okay, that could be a good thing. And then um, I think, Tamsin, you said you've got some stuff coming. Um, yeah. and uh, I might, in, be in placing, might be placing a couple of small orders as well this week. If Another couple of small bits. And then and Dave, I think running off with you, you're saying somebody's going to send you some stuff for you to paint for them. With a yeah. bit of luck, or that should be coming tomorrow, and that should keep me occupied for quite a while. Which would that be quite fun because it's a period of history I know nothing whatsoever about. Yeah, uh, and, so and I suppose it's also it's figures that you don't have to pay for as well. Yeah, well, it's nice. going to be fun because and it's doing six packs for Fogar, so um, yeah, I'll enjoy that because that's that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it is quite units. It is quite possibly the best name for a battle there's ever been. Well, battle of the Boing. Boing. Just like, Boing. Yeah. I've actually cycled through the battlefield. Did you get lost? I thought you used to be a courier in London. I went, I went mainly <laughs> to go to Nauth, Douth and then Egrange, the uh, uh, Neolithic um, burial sites in the Boyne Valley. Uh, that's another story. But I, I, actually, I, know, I, I, I so I'm impressed with that, Dave. I think... Um, we're trying to talk about you doing the geekiest thing in the world of cycling through a battlefield, and you actually out geeked it because you get went there by accident when you were looking for Neolithic battle yeah, uh, yeah. Neolithic burial grounds. That's good. Island in there, stopped off in the Boyne Valley for the uh, archaeology, which is truly amazing. Truly right. Amazing. Okay. I'm going to have to do an order for myself because I, 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 my. The uh, Legio Heroica Spanish Army is so beautifully painted, even if I say so myself. 
Uh, that I'm going to have to redo my Al Mugger. Well, I'm going to have to do at least four bases of Al Mugger bars for it. And my old ones are looking too tatty, so I'm going to have to buy some new ones from them from Eureka. No, just biostrip. Biostrip them. Then you can um, well, recycle old ones. Uh, it's a whole extra project. It, it stretches the workload out to much longer. I've, I've done it with a lot of my tanks. It's great. More expensive than <laughs> buying the new figures. Oh, I'm not sure if you're talking Eureka, but no, 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 no. I want some. Uh, I think I'm going to. I was going to do a project of doing an African army because so I've got the camels and the warriors for the Egyptians, but I'm thinking of you know some sort of a blemy type army, something like that. Okay. Virginians are African. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good research project. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah, that's another point. Good. Okay then. Well, look. I think we've run. Um, oh, actually, Adam, have you are you going to manage to avoid shopping this week? Or actually, you've already um, got some. I, I posted you some stuff, haven't I? Yeah, this like I, I've got them. I might buy something this week, or it might be in the next few weeks' time. Because remember, a week or two, I asked for advice about baggage camp for twenty eight mil for something tribally that will do for any tri tribal mm. stuff, and the recommendation was for um, different animals. And I thought, mm, yeah, okay, and I had a look. But the thing is. I always think sort of like a baggage camp of a few sheep just look a bit half-hearted, to be honest, or some cows. But I was looking around and war bases do some um, vaguely convincing-looking ox-drawn wagons. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, that'll work. So um, at some point, um, I'll probably get one of them because that kind of works for anyone before, well, horses weren't cool. used to draw carts until... 16th century so um yeah so i'll probably get one of them and paint it up to round out the baggage for me uh dacian army okay that's good well you know if war bases do the um they're one of the people that i think tamsin suggested for your saga buildings as well so yeah, I was gonna... that, that could be an absolute win couldn't it good okay um, i think i'm going to hopefully avoid um buying anything i'll probably collect some stuff from simon though and um i'll be waiting for these uh, 10 mil sample figures from from apocalypse miniatures um, on their Kickstarter to see what um, where they look as good as the um, the real th the the ones that they've got um, on on that Kickstarter page and um, and I'll distribute those around. Um, maybe Dave will have a um, a, a meeting at um, Hang Lane Gyratory System um, on the day that I don't meet Simon somewhere else entirely and um, and get those and see what we've got by next week. So I think on that note we're um, we're drawing to the end of yet another third podcast unless there's a there's a wavy adam there's a wavy last minute adam or are you just trying a brush there no i was just waving goodbye just waving goodbye okay i thought you were drawing a brush and i got confused right okay then well wave goodbye then everybody wave goodbye bye. goodbye bye bye Or is yeah. that the most French? That one. That one? That's that one. Frank Spencer, isn't it? No, that <laughs> looks a little bit um, raspberry. It was that kind of French Navy. Might have a pom-pom on it for next week, but yeah. <laughs>